Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Hey, everyone. Um, I just wanted to chime in real quick before we actually start the official show. And let you know that this is a repeat. I'm sorry, I know. But I have a good reason. Uh, last week, I spent most of the latter half of last week and this entire weekend at New York Comic Con. And I'm not sure if you could tell, but I caught an amazing case of cod crud. So, I'm taking the, 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 the night off. Going to try to rest up and get better because we're hoping that next week will be the triumphant return of Karen and Chris. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. Um, I went through the backlog and, and, and checked out the what we could possibly post for this week. And I felt, seeing as it is October, we are doing 31 days of Halloween. I just jumped back one year and said, you know what? Let's replay the Halloween episode. So, without further ado, I give you the Halloween episode of this week's episode from last year. Enjoy. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. He did the match. It caught on in a flash. He did the match. He did the monster match from my lab. Good evening, and welcome to the Halloween episode of this week's episode. I am your ghoulish host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is the devilish Karen Randazzo. No, these aren't bionic. These are all me. And the morbid Chris Randazzo. You haven't lived until you've seen a drunken pig do the robot. <clears throat> Alright, I have to stop doing that voice. It kind of hurts my throat. <laughs> <clears> throat> Hi! Hi! How is everyone? Good. Um, I, Is it necessary for me to do the spoiler warning? I mean, no. we're talking like <laughs> 1999... Um, 99 and Scrubs was what? That 2002. All right, just in case, spoiler warning, we are talking about The Great Pumpkin from 1966. <laughs> spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> you may want to check that out. As always, we talk television. We get in depth with spoilerific stuff. So we're going to be talking Scrubs, Freaks and Geeks, Two Guys, A Girl, and at this point there was no pizza parlor, and The Great Pumpkin. All Halloween filled. So, let's kick this off uh, with some freaks and geeks. Karen. Hi, Evan. Hi. (laughs) I love freaks and geeks. Um, It's so sad there was only one season, but that means that there was one perfect Halloween episode from the series. You know, when I went looking, because you said you were going to do this, and and I went back to grab it because I, I have it stored on my computer. I was shocked. I felt that there was more than one season. No, very sad. And mm. I 
you know, and part of the problem, because I didn't watch it when it was on originally, like most people didn't because it got canceled yeah, it got, for lack yeah, of viewership. Yeah, well. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, you married me and I turned you on to it. There you go. So Freaks and Geeks, People Who Don't Know, is about uh, centers around a two kids and a family, I think in Ohio in 1980. Um who are in high school the little brother's in a freshman and the the sister is a junior i think and the brother is has a couple friends and they're the geeks and then the sister is trying to hang out with the cool kids the hippies or whatever they're they're the freaks uh so this episode is the halloween episode tricks or treats tricks and treats i think um And it starts out at home with the family and uh, that I it's usually there's two storylines on an episode, the freaks and the geeks. But this one is a little bit special because the parents sort of have a storyline, too. And the parents are great on this show. Uh, The dad is Joe Flaherty of uh, SCTV fame. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it starts out the mom is like super like her Halloween hype is real. She just, she loves Halloween and nobody else in the family thinks it's cool. She wants the son to go trick-or-treating and she wants the daughter to stay and give out candy with her. And the son is like, no way, mom, I'm in high school. I'm too cool. So he says he's not going to go. But the daughter's like, sees that her mom's getting upset. So she says, yeah, um, she's going to stay and give out candy with her mom. So then they go to school. And uh, there's a series of things that happen to Lindsay, the daughter, who is trying, she's trying to get in with these cool kids, and there's a series of things to happen that make her seem uncool. The cool kids roll up on her bus stop, and she's standing there with all the younger kids, and she looks uncool. Then she gets, like, uh, hassled by a guidance counselor when she gets to school. Uh, She gets invited to go out with the cool kids on Halloween, but she can't because of her lame Halloween plans, so they bust on her. And then uh, the last straw is her, her what used to be her best friend, who is like a really good church-going girl. Turns out she has a secret boyfriend, and she didn't <laughs> she didn't tell Lindsay about the boyfriend because she didn't want her to feel like bad and that she wasn't cool. <laughs> My favorite part of that interaction is when she goes, you can't tell anybody. We haven't even French kissed yet. <laughs> Because yes. my boyfriend says, if we French kiss before we've gone out for six months, we'll go to hell. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this is a church retreat type relationship. Yes, she, so. they, met at, they met at church camp. <laughs> uh, so poor Lindsay is not having a good day. And meanwhile, her brother, Sam, is also not having a good day in English class. They're uh, stuck up ass teacher. <laughs> Uh, busts on all the kids for picking like unsatisfactory books to do book reports on. They've picked like I don't know. Okay, the the the, the biography of Sammy Davis Jr. Yes, the and, uh, like the uh the sto- short story by Al Jaffe, something about by Al Jaffe, and the novelization of Star Wars. Star Wars, <laughs> yeah. And they're all like really like yeah, I lo- I love that book. And then she's like, these are terrible. And so they uh teacher assigns crime and punishment to read the first half of that book which is a long ass book over halloween weekend right it it is my recollection is it's a very long book but the book that she hands them is like three quarters of an inch thick 
Yeah, it's not that bad, but I remember still. being like a tome, like four or five inches thick. Maybe I'm confusing it with another. No, book. I remember it being pretty big too. But I guess when you're in high school and you get handed that and you're a freshman, True. I, I don't even think that's a freshman level book. I think that's a that's a higher level. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Sam is being exposed to like the adult world of responsibility and he doesn't like it one bit (laughs) so at lunch he decides to convince the other geeks to go trick-or-treating with him uh so they all get ready to go go out trick-or-treating and of course mom is happy because her baby is gonna go go out trick-or-treating and still be her baby so they they have the the montage of them getting ready (laughs) is great (laughs) and not only is it hysterical but i think it really like encapsulates their uh their characters and also like classic halloween experiences that maybe you had when you were a kid and you got to pick your own costume and like make it the best you could be absolutely i mean it it not only does it encapsulate their characters but, like, if you just watch that montage, you get your full gist of what the show is. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's perfectly done. Yeah. Sam is, like, you know, he made his own costume. He's really proud of it. He thinks it's, like, it's something he really loves and it's really cool to him. Uh, and then Neil, who is Sam Levine, is going to be Groucho. So he's, like, dressing up as one of his heroes and he's really stressing over getting the mustache just right. <laughs> <laughs> he went from Hitler to Chap. Uh, I'm looking for ha- hit. Ch- I'm looking for Chaplin, and I'm only seeing Hitler. <laughs> uh, and then poor Bill, which does it. I've this. I've seen this like multiple times, and it was only this last time of watching it that I understood. Like poor Bill is a kid of single mom. They don't have a lot of money, so he goes into his mom's closet to, like, get what he can get to make a costume, and he makes the best out of it. And, like, I love that about Bill, but it's a little bit sad. <laughs> when he's standing there in front of the mirror, because he, he is the bionic woman. That's oh, he, yeah. He's like, hold on, hold on, let me switch phone, let me switch ears <laughs> to my bionic ear. And then, don't talk so loud, my hearing is bionic. <laughs> oh, what a good show. Oh. So they're great. They're uh they're all set to go out trick or treating, and Lindsay puts off uh, telling her mom that she's not gonna. Um, she decides that she's gonna go out with the freaks after all, but she puts off telling her mom because she she's she wants to be that badass, but she really isn't. And eventually, she just runs out the door and like, I'll be back. I'm coming back later. Um, and it's like it's like the first time with she's her ever really rebelled. cool jacket. Yeah, she's got a cool jacket. That's how, like, a whole part of the plot, that jacket. Yes. Not the, this episode, but the whole show. Uh, so the freaks go out trick-or-treating, and the geeks go out to raise some hell. Uh, the geeks go house to house. They uh, they get crappy candy. People tell them they're too old to be out. The uh, it just goes terrible. They're the cute girls from the hot dog on a stick drive by and laugh at them, <laughs> and then they run into the bullies who uh, make fun of them, beat them up, and steal their candy. So they're not having a good night. Lindsay, on the other hand, is having a great time. They're running like smashing pumpkins, uh, um, smashing mailboxes with a baseball bat, and uh, 
Well, there's the great scene where Lynn, uh, no, it's Nick, jumps out of the car and beats the pumpkin and then they drive away and it turns out to be the guidance counselor from school and he has a backup pumpkin. <laughs> so she's having a good time and then mom's bummed out at home because, you know, Lindsay ran out and nobody likes her homemade cookies that she's handing out and the dad is like not cooperating at all. The dad that that's uh, a great little Easter egg there is that the dad, she gives him like a vampire costume to wear, mm-hmm. which is a, a callback to his Count Floyd character from uh, SCTV. Very good. Impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was raised properly. Um, so Halloween is going various degrees of good and bad. And then it gets uh, everything sort of comes together. Uh, all three plots when. Uh, the freaks decide they're going to egg some people and they drive by to throw some eggs at some trick-or-treaters and Lindsay goes out the window and chucks an egg and then it turns out she egged her brother. <laughs> so Awkward. she, yeah, womp womp. <laughs> and this is, of course, like if Sam's Halloween could possibly get any worse, uh, it just did. So Lindsay freaks out, goes back, tries to apologize. He just takes off and gets home. And she, she's like, just take me home. Just I got to go home and I'm going to be in trouble and shit. <laughs> so Sam gets back first, but he doesn't rat out his sister. Uh, and then Lindsay gets back and she gets in trouble because even though they didn't know it was her with the eggs, she's still in trouble for having left and ruined mom's Halloween. So, uh, yeah, um, there's a nice moment with Lindsay and Sam towards the end where, like, she apologizes again at home and he's like, nobody thinks you're cool. And she's like, I know, like, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more poignant than I'm making it sound. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, we're going for Halloween special. It's okay. It doesn't have to be poignant. <laughs> and she gets, Lindsay gets a little redemption because she does go and put on the costume that her mom got her, which was supposed to be a prince costume, but turns out, a princess costume, but turns out to be a prince costume. And, and she, she just rolls with it. She Yeah, she, she does. just does whatever it uh, takes to make her mom happy because, you know, she wants to be part of the freaks, but she's still a good girl. And then uh, at the end, they see Dad catches Sam staying up late reading his crime and punishment because his, you know, attempt to stay a kid is not working. So he's trying to be a grown up, and <laughs> so that's very sweet. How's it? How is the book? I don't know. Their names are really <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah, crime and punishment's a hard read. Yeah. Well, all right. Two things I want to bring up. One. Okay. Mom's song. During dinner with the mashed potatoes. The monster mash. Oh, my God. When she made that face, the it was uncomfortable for me. Aw. I thought it was so cute. That's the gif I was trying to send you guys earlier was from that song. Oh, okay. Okay. And I think it bears mentioning for those that don't know the show that um, Lindsay Ware is Linda Cardellini. Uh-huh. Um, Velma from the Scooby-Doo movies, I guess, would be her her claim to fame. I'm so she was Hawkeye's wife in Age of Ultron. Okay, that's her. Yeah, she was Hawkeye's wife. Um, and yeah. the freaks are James Franco, Seth Rogen, and Jason Segel. Like, this is where they all got their real starts. And Busy Phillips. And Busy Phillips. That's correct. She didn't have mm-hmm. the same skyrocketing career that the other ones mm-hmm. did. 
Sadly, no, but she's done some really cool things. I mean, one of my favorite shows was Cougar Town. So. Yes, yes. She was <laughs> Cougar Town Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> and she was uh, a regular on the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast, too. This is correct, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, All right. it's a show also great had, show. Um, I was just going to say the show also had um, uh, cameos from Trace Ballou and uh, Joel Hodgson for Mystery Science Theater. Oh, yes. Yes. The it, it was rife with people that will be famous. Yeah, it was a launching ground, and Judd Apatow created the damn thing. Who? I'm just kidding. It's Judd freaking Apatow. Of course I know who that is. You're going out of your way to now point out when, it, when you're kidding to me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, it, I, I, I'm so glad that you chose this because I haven't watched Freaks and Geeks in probably 10 years. I actually acquired it digitally, f- like just going, I should have this. And I never mm-hmm. actually watched it. So, I, again, because I, I watched it in the past, but it's such a good show. It's good stuff. Such a good show. And I mean, it, it makes you laugh and it makes you feel and... All the feels. Yeah. Well, good. And it's really like, I, I, I don't know if this is true for you guys, but like, it really pulls at like, I didn't go to high school in 1980. I'm not quite that old, but close to it and it really felt true for me maybe it's because i'm from ohio and this is in ohio but i really yeah just all these things that happen like the making your own costume and the trying to fit in with the other kids and like letting go of old friends and making new friends all that stuff is just like oh oh the feels (laughs) yeah i i'm so like i said so glad i got to watch it again (sighs) all right Chris, that's me. You scrubbed it this week. I did. I watched Scrubs. Um, I had something in mind. It's been a long time since I've watched this show, uh, and I really, really loved it when I when it was on. Uh, and I knew I wanted to watch a Scrubs Halloween episode, and I felt like there was something in mind. I knew there was an episode with Tom Cavanaugh, which I thought would be really fun. Uh, because Tom Cavanaugh plays the main character's brother, and he's on Flash, and uh, it'd be really neat to go back and see him play uh, JD's brother. Um, but when I went back to watch the Halloween episode, uh, my big brother, it wasn't what I thought it was. Uh, so it isn't the Halloweeniest of Halloween episodes, <laughs> but it uh, it's the one I chose, <laughs> and it, it does take place at Halloween. So there's that. Well, um, <laughs> well, I mean, it has the best Halloween ending that it could possibly have, so <laughs> it made up for it in the end, which, which is fine. <laughs> it really did. All right, so um, basic premise, if you've never watched Scrubs before, it's the story of um, uh, John Dorian, who is attempting to be a doctor, and you know, it takes place at Sacred Heart. He has a mentor named Dr. Cox, played by John C. McGinley, who is brash and abusive and also just an amazing person. And pretty much everything about the show is wonderful and, until you get to the really end of the show, which was sad. Dr. Cox is my hero. Like when the, when the main cast wasn't there anymore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And even then... I like, didn't count that as sh- part of Scrubs. I totally... That was another show that stole the name of a good show. <laughs> well, it is technically a different show. It was called Scrubs Interns. It's um, Scrubs the College Years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Scrubs the College Years. And even that... Uh, started to show promise towards the end of its run, and then it got canceled, mercifully. This, you know, <laughs> the networks were just like, misery. you know what? We're done with this. <laughs> we're done. 
All right, so um, my big brother, uh, season from season two, episode something or other. Six. I don't know. Six. There you go. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh rolls into town, and he's JD's older brother. And JD used to really look up to him. Uh, and it also just happens to be Halloween. So, uh, let's see. Carla's got a cat outfit on, I think. Um, <laughs> was her exact the line. Important, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the only important thing related to Halloween in this episode is that there's somebody running around in a gorilla costume. <laughs> gorilla. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so glad that you made comment of it. <laughs> it's It has it's nothing like, to do with the show. It's just a dude pops in and out every once in a while. Pisses people off in some way, shape, or form dressed as a gorilla. That's it. <laughs> and and it was fantastic. And there was a great gag. See, now, the janitor of Sacred Heart is always, like, messing with JD. And uh, at one point, J- like, um, JD's just talking to somebody, and the gorilla's nearby, and he bats all the folders out of his hands and runs away. <laughs> so JD's talking to the janitor <laughs> later in the episode and just accusing him of being the gorilla because he naturally assumes this is the kind of guy that's going to dress up in a gorilla costume and piss people off all day. And so he just, he starts yelling at him about being the gorilla. He's like, God, oh, not so tough without your costume, huh? Go ahead. I dare you to bat the folders out of my hands now. And so he does. <laughs> and he says, what, why did you do that? He said, cause he asked me to, it's, just, it's a great exchange. I'm not doing it any justice. The you, paper, you watch it. The, the, the flowering of the paperwork each time that that folder gets knocked out of his hands is, is impressive. It is. It is flawlessly shot. So, all right, the main the main uh, plot of this episode, you got the main plot, which is JD's brother is coming to town, uh, and it turns out that his life, JD doesn't think uh, his older brother's life, who he used to idolize, is all that impressive. He lives with his mom, he works tending bar, where, you know, JD is a doctor and super impressive and all that. So, it's you know, the, the bulk of the episode is a lot of him coming to terms with his brother not being who he always idolized growing up. And also his brother kind of like putting the moves on his kind of sort of girlfriend, uh, Elliot, on the show. So that was fun. Tom Cavanaugh is phenomenal in the role. He's just absolutely hysterical because he's, he's a very much older brother type of character to uh, Zach Braff's JD because he's um he's not impressed by Dr. Cox at all. <laughs> like, I keep, I'm sorry I'm laughing. Not at what you're saying. I keep rattling in my head the lines that Cavanaugh comes out with. <laughs> like, um, uh, is, is there is there an intermission in this monologue? Because I, I got to go hit the hopper. <laughs> <laughs> and just, because JD is all enthralled and very intimidated by Dr. Cox. And, you know, <laughs> his brother, not so much. Could not really care less. The subplot is about uh, Dr. Cox teaching Turk uh, that he is cynical. And, you know... Uh, what is it? Uh, Doctor Cox starts making fun of Turk for say, you know trying to get out of going to a a, a funeral for somebody that he worked on, and uh, Doctor Cox kind of t- t- tricks Turk into making a bet about whether or not he can save somebody's life in surgery, and then you know when he does, Turk gets all like uppity and dance around in his face, and Doctor Cox is <laughs> like, "Yeah, you just made a bet on whether or not this guy would live or die." So uh, how's that for cynicism? Stuck it right to him. Uh, let's see. Um, the janitor promises JD a trick. Uh, you know, he just comes up to him and says, "It's going to be a trick, no treat, just a trick." But he doesn't tell him when it's going to be, and it never happens. <laughs> <laughs> when he jumps out from around the corner, it's like, ha! That wasn't, that wasn't it. it. <laughs> and JD looks at his hands that went up into karate pose, and he's like, "Yeah, 
false alarm, boys. You can go home. <laughs> oh, I miss this show. Uh, it's so good. Talk it really, it really holds up. <laughs> when JD goes to the bathroom and he's like, hey, do you remember when you used to jump out and scare me? Ah! <laughs> she jumps out of the shower. <laughs> See, now, what I thought this episode was, was the one where... Um, Dr. Cox and, and JD's brother have to team up or something to try to get JD out of a funk. And uh, what reminded me of it was uh, when Dr. Cox goes to talk to um, uh, JD's brother, Tom Cavanaugh, and he's in the tub with a bunch of beer and he refers to him by his name and he says, That's Captain Bubblebeard. Because <laughs> he's got a beard made of bubbles. But that wasn't this episode. And now I, I got to find what episode that was. Oh, oh, well, I'll hunt that one down for you because that was a good one as well. <sighs> But all right, so the, the the two things that are um, miraculously marvelous about this episode. Uh, thing number one is where I got one of my most quoted lines from. Uh, it, it's I've worked in retail for a very long time, so I've had to come up with ways of censoring myself. And uh, the phrase for shits and giggles comes up an awful lot. And this is the episode where Dr. Cox says, for poops and giggles, which I use all the time. Constantly. And I've known you for a long time, and I've heard you use that phrase repeatedly. And I finally got to put it together when I watched this episode again. I'm like, oh, that's where he gets it from. Anytime I can find a funny way of saying a curse word without saying a curse word, I am thrilled as a, I'm just tickled pink. So yes, this is where poops and giggles comes from. Uh, and the other thing is the gorilla. Uh, Dr. Kelso is one of my, I mean, there's so many good characters on the show. There's actually very few bad characters on the show. And Dr. Kelso is one of these just great characters who is, by all accounts, an awful man on the surface, mm-hmm. and uh, just in, but he gets these like rare glimmers of that he's really a good person underneath. I mean, that's why he works at a hospital, you know, and and attempts to save lives and all that jazz. And um, so this whole episode, the gorilla is a freaking mystery. And the very end of the episode, um, Doctor Kelso is driving home, and he puts his hands on the steering wheel, and they got gorilla gloves on him. <laughs> and uh, so he, the the head of the hospital was the gorilla costume the whole time, which is hysterical. Oh, um, my goodness. But, yeah, those are the two, those are the two oh. bits that stuck with me most about this episode. Oh. Uh, I, I love this episode. It was a great way of uh, just kind of taking another look back at this show. It's once new TV goes back away, uh, this might be something worth a rewatch sometime in the not-too-distant future because, man, this show is good. I, the other day, I lost myself in, in the Netflix world where, you, you know, you're just clicking and clicking trying to find something to watch. And I settled on Scrubs, and I, I just it tells you which episode you have watched recently or whatnot. And I started one. It was like late in the series. Kelso's not working at the the hospital anymore, but somehow he won free muffins at the lunch at the cafe. (laughs) Remember that one? (laughs) He can always just summon muffins when (laughs) I wish I could remember the the guy behind the counter's name. Let's say it's Charlie. He'll go Charlie, and then a muffin will come flying into screen, and he catches it every time. (laughs) But it, it's, it's a show that was consistently funny with re- some points of ridiculous poignancy. Like the, the, the episode where I think it's Cox's brother dies. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. tears. It goes that or the, far. Or uh, the, the, the rabies episode. Yes. Oh, God. And then, and then it has that. Filtered in with every episode, J.D. 
mentally floats away like every eight minutes to something ridiculous. Yeah. Which is a it's just shows like the the balance that that show played for such a long time. Like six seasons, I want to say five or six. Six seasons in a movie. Six. Just kidding. <laughs> I think it was more like wasn't was it the college years like season nine or something? Uh, yeah, it was a it it went pretty far. Yet again, I, I repeat, I, I didn't count that. It is season nine. Jesus Christmas, it went that long. So yeah, so yeah, so ten years, and it was pretty solid for the bulk of it. Like it it really started to kind of lose itself towards the end of its main run. And then it transitioned over to that uh, interns thing, and then it kind of started to pick up again, and and then it got canceled. But I said that already. I do like the fact that every episode is titled "My Something," mm-hmm. you know, "My Big Brother," "My Journey," "My Own American Girl." Like it was, it's like they did that. They they I don't know which came first, but you know, Friends did that for a long time. And the one with the yeah. So mm-hmm. I it's what was it a uh, Cougar Town? All the episodes were named after Tom, Tom Petty, Petty songs. songs. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and the Cougar Town is the same creator, Bill Lawrence. Yes. Yep. And did you know Bill Lawrence's wife is, is Krista Miller? And that's Cox's wife on the show. Yep. <laughs> something happened. Uh, something happened to her face. Drew Carey? And she was on the Drew Carey show. Yes. Something happened she, to her face. And she's on Cougar Town. And That's we, true, keep, yeah. we keep running over Evan and whatever the hell he's trying to say. Nobody cares, Evan. There's, there's, listen, she had a no. lot of work done, okay? <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Okay. Was this the first episode that featured Tom Cavanaugh as the brother? Yeah, this was his first, uh, his so I just, first appearance. When I think about him on this show, I just like hear in my head, I hear him go, hey, little brother. Yeah. <laughs> the way he's on it's just, it's. It's like, yay, it's Tom Cavanaugh. <laughs> good, good, good show. <sighs> okay. Um, now, I I went differently. I went as Hall- Halloween-y as I could think of. And I chose Two Guys, A Girl. And I'm pretty sure in this season they didn't title it A Pizza Place. But I don't know if that's season three or four. Um, Two Guys, A Girl, and A Pizza Place is a show that was on in like late 90s early 2000s and featured ryan reynolds uh and nathan fillion before they were ryan reynolds and nathan fillion a couple other actors and actresses that you don't know because nothing happened to them afterwards um but it's about two buddies who who live together they uh, they spent one of them wanted to be an architect and the other one wanted to be other he changed his mind a number of times going through college, and then he settled on becoming a doctor. Um, Ryan Reynolds plays Berg, and uh, his roommate is named Pete, and they are the odd couple. You know, one is super suave, one is super anal. Um, their bestie is Sharon. She also lives in the same building as them, and she works for, like, a medical, I don't know, she covers up horrible, horrible tragedies for her job. Um, but she is dating and then eventually gets married to Johnny, who's played by Nathan Fillion. Johnny is the super of the building. <laughs> okay? So we're all on the same page. Super, best friends, female friendy. So every Halloween, they have a haunted house. And normally, they do it in their apartment, in Berg and Pete's apartment. Um Every season, for however many seasons, they had a Halloween episode, and they did the same 
thing, always having a, a, a haunted house. But this year, uh, Johnny happens to be down in the basement, and he comes across this secret room. And the reason he came across the secret room, you know, there was a bookshelf. He pulled the book. The bookcase swung open, and it was like this creepy-ass lab. Uh, he brings Sharon down to say, I think you should have the Halloween you know, haunted house down here. And he's like, she's like, how'd you find this? And he explains it. And it was like the book that he pulled out of the, the bookcase, which didn't come all the way out. It just sort of tilted. It was like the joys of sex for elderly, which <laughs> I found funny. Um, they, they look around and apparently the lab belonged to a guy named Ed, who was an up and coming neuroscientist who went crazy because uh, he, he started you know, manipulating people's brains and, you know, the townsfolk a hundred years ago came through and ran him out of town. So this sound familiar. Yes. So apparently this apartment building has been around for over a hundred years. But the reason that they know it's Ed's laboratory, because there's a refrigerator there and it says Ed on it. Real, real dead giveaway. So they, they leave. And as they're leaving, something happens where like, you know, there's sparks and electrics and, Electricity turns on, and the fridge opens, and Dr. Ed is inside the refrigerator, uh, now f- unfrozen. So Ed comes out and starts a little mayhem. Now, this episode has, like, a number of moments where it's, like, super cliche. Like, one of the, you know, one of their friends is, you know, pulls open a, a curtain and is looking outside and going, oh, you know, we spend all this time telling our children not to take candy for strangers. And then one day a year, we force them to do it. And as she's, like, she's got the curtain open and she's turning and talking to the room and, like, Dr. Ed's, like, peering into the window creepily. Um, at some point, you know, we see Ed work his way back into the apartment. Um, Pete and... Berg's girlfriend go downstairs to start setting up her. The girlfriend's name is Ashley. They they go downstairs because, you know, I don't know, reasons. They have to get two people into that room together at the same time. They get cornered by Dr. Ed and captured. Then we find out that Dr. Ed switches their brains. So, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So Sharon is, or no, Ashley is doing an amazing impersonation of Pete, and Pete is doing an amazing impersonation of Ashley throughout, like, two-thirds of the episode. Um, Berg and Sharon end up downstairs as well, and they are confronting him, going, ha-ha, this is very funny. They get captured by Ed as well, and their brains get switched. So, now, so we're all on the same page. Ashley is Pete, Pete is Ashley, Berg is Sharon, and Sharon is Berg. Okay. Johnny comes down and finds everybody captured, releases everybody, and then finds out that his girlfriend slash fiance's brain is in the body of Ryan Reynolds. Berg. <laughs> okay, so some uncomfortability happens. Uh, they end up back upstairs in their apartment trying to figure out what they're going to do. And then a- a- Ashley Pete starts poking the bear, and she's like, well, you know, if you really loved her for her mind you'd prove it and this is the one scene ever that i've you know long time ago i've openly admitted that i would go gay for ryan reynolds and on top of that nathan fillion is like i don't know number two on that list 
there is a scene where they get mere inches away from kissing each other. Inches. All for naught. Nathan pulls Aww. out. I mean, it, it's, you know, you can, a guy can hope. Um, they settle. They, they figure out what they need to do. And the super, inte- the, the super of the building straps everybody up again, switches their brains back, and makes everybody happy and whole again. The, the episode itself, super cliche, silly, stupid Halloween stuff, but uh, the, the show is immensely entertaining. The, the diff- the, it is a modernized version of The Odd Couple with quips and quirky humor throughout the entire thing. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it for, for everybody. Um, as the show progresses, they add characters. You know, Sharon Sharon gets married. Um, Johnny shows up like season two. There's the crazy, you know, other room person, another person who has an apartment, Irene, who is straight out nuts. Like, cra- at one point in time, she's she's wants to go to the party and she's dressed up as, as Dorothy. And they don't know she's outside the door, but all of a sudden there's this ear-piercing scream from in the hallway, and they open the door and she's standing there looking, you know, sweet and cute. And she's, he's, they go, "Are you okay? Is everything? What's the matter?" And she goes, "What? What are you talking about?" He goes, you, "You, I just heard you screaming." She goes, "Oh, was I talking out loud?" <laughs> so she's she's nutty, um, but it's so entertaining, a lot, a lot of fun, and it's just silly good times for for a Halloween episode. So. That's my recommendation for, you know, good, scary, silly, stupid fun. I have never seen this show before. It's In all the time we've known one another, I have never actually managed to sit down and watch this show before, and I really should. It's, I mean, it's a a sitcom, and it's got all the sitcom tropes, but the wit that bounces back and forth between all of the characters is, like, razor sharp. I mean, it's stunning how well they do it. And it's a little gem with all these, like, another little gem of all these famous people before they were famous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I will say that, um, what is it? The the blonde girl on the show uh, was, was... Sharon? Tra- played by Trailer, Trailer Howard. Trailer Howard. She was, um, I was trying to figure out what I knew her from because I kept seeing pictures like, no, I know her. She was the assistant on Monk. Um, At one point in time, yes, she was. Oh yeah, yeah, for like most of the series too, because she was the second assistant, and yeah, she was way better than the first. But I don't yeah, even remember. So the she first. moved on to something. Yeah, she showed up like later towards the end of the season series or something. I went back and watched an episode or two with her. I was like, ah, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> New girl's way better. <laughs> New girl, good. I mean, I don't know. Richard Rucciolo, Rucciolo, is the guy who plays Pete. I, I mean, I'm, I looked at his you know, his work after the fact. And I mean, nah, nothing, nothing of, of, I mean, he, he was on NCIS for an, an episode, <laughs> a couple of always sunnies. Um, well, he's going to be in a TV movie called, I know where Lizzie is. Ooh. Ooh. What is this about? <laughs> Let's see. It's 2015. Oh, scrolling, uh, scrolling, stars scrolling. him and a bunch of other people I've never heard of. What channel? Tell me this is a Lifetime original movie, and I'll be so happy. <laughs> um, 
another TV series. You know, I, I, it it doesn't matter. <laughs> nope, it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter. Really we tried doesn't. to pull for him, but it's not working. So way to go, that guy. He was in a show called Legit. <laughs> yes, he was. Yes, Sounds he legit. was. Um, all right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, so please listen to our uh, sponsors. Do you know about wrestling? Did you know there was a dude named Sting? Did you know that he had something to do with Halloween? Do you want to know these facts and more? Read Why I Love Wrestling, Sting. It'll tell you why you should care about a man named Sting. Things are getting spooky for the apothusiasts, so they went ahead and skipped their normal podcast in favor of a Halloween spooktacular. What's the difference? Well, this is spooky. It's also got some Star Wars talk, because Star Wars is awesome. Don't miss Apathetic Enthusiasm, Episode 37, Halloween Quiz and Star Wars Vids. That's Vids with a Z. It's a double dose of alcoholic Halloween reading this week with an all-new Bits and Brews and an all-new Imbibing Scribe. First, Dan pairs Pumpkin with Punch-Out. Does this combo deliver the perfect one-two punch? Then, Hunter Wilde tackles a trio of pumpkin-flavored brews, which is worth your time. Find out in Bits and Brews, Pumpkin and Punch-Out, and Imbibing Scribe, Pumpkin's a go-go. Geek Aid's 31 Days of Halloween will be reaching its conclusion this Saturday, what with it being Halloween and all, and it's a jam-packed day with Halloween goodness. There will be a new Why I Love Wrestling with a special focus on a certain horror-themed wrestler. Hint, it's The Undertaker. A brand new episode of the Waveback Podcast featuring some awesome spooky video game music, an original short story by Geek Aid's Alex Azar called No Lights. It all caps off a solid month of Halloween-themed content that if you missed, can be easily found at the top of Geek Age homepage. Because we love you. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. So. We sure are. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to drag this out a little bit, because our main topic is It's the Great Pumpkin. Oh, stop it. <laughs> it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. 1966 classic of Halloween. If you haven't seen it, where have you been? It's on like 72 times every Halloween. I don't know. Well, I possibly can. The 24th. They can get a good 50 50 showings of this show on Halloween. (laughs) I'm making fun of the fact that it was only 24 minutes long. You are awesome at math. Hey, 24 minutes, that's longer than a typical sitcom. This is true. This is true. And this was, um, it, it, it holds up to my recollection of it. I haven't watched it in a while. You know, it is what it is. I, I enjoyed it again. Yeah, I did, I did too. I hadn't seen this in a really long time. Um, and, uh, boy, there's some, there are some pretty dated things about this. Like, I, I'm curious to see how this new Peanuts movie is going to, hold up to some of the the characterizations that some of these characters uh have because lucy's really mean yeah <laughs> yeah she's just she, genuinely like, awful th- there were like certain things like looking at this cartoon that i grew up with looking at through it looking at it through adult eyes like she was horribly mean linus had way too big of a vocabulary um what's uh what's this little sister's name Sally. Sally, she was like a pushover. I 
guess. Well, I think the the vocabulary thing is was the whole joke of peanuts. You know, it's like they're they're these little kids, but they're talking like adults. Like I, I feel like that was kind of you know the intentional joke. I yeah. do often wonder where like the adults were like uh, when <laughs> Lucy had to go out and drag her brother back from the pumpkin patch in the middle of the night. At what was time? A kind of a four. Heck knows? It was four a.m. Four o'clock in the morning because she had a, a, an old timey clock that went bong right, yeah. four times beside her bed. <laughs> so she goes out, and that and that was kind of a sweet moment. She went out to go get her brother and you know, bring him back inside. But there's like, where were the parents? Right. Were they out? Like, no. Was that their, were they the search party? No. Like, no. They were looking for him. All right, let's say and Lucy let's, just let's, didn't tell them where he was the whole time. <laughs> like, no, he's not in the pumpkin patch. I don't know where he went. He said something about Reno. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's take it a step back. Okay, uh, it's the Great Pumpkin. Charlie Brown is a story of a young boy, his blanket, his thumb, and his love for the Great Pumpkin. Uh, in Linus's world, the Great Pumpkin. Is Santa Claus? I guess that's the easiest way to. Yeah, it's Halloween. It's Santa Halloween Claus. Santa Claus. Um, he feels that there is this magical pumpkin that will rise out of the pumpkin patch that is the most sincere. And I want to know what makes a pumpkin patch <laughs> sincere. That was rattling around by the whole time. Like, well, if you look it's... around at his pumpkin patch, that was a sincere pumpkin patch. Um, Why? <laughs> well, none of like there weren't any like weird gourds or even tomatoes in there. Yeah, no. I mean, that there pumpkin was... patch was dead serious about being a pumpkin patch. It was very <laughs> sincere. Was, it was, very it was not ironic. <laughs> it was not cynical. It was sincerely a That's pumpkin right. patch. Okay. It said, I am not going to screw with you. I am sincerely a pumpkin patch. <laughs> the great pumpkin will rise out of the pumpkin patch and bring toys and goodies to all the good little boys and girls. So Linus decides that he is going to spend the evening in his sincere pumpkin patch and wait for the great pumpkin, um, much to I, the ridicule of all of his friends making fun of him because he is giving up on tricks and treats. You know, the one day a year that all the good kids go out and get candy. Somehow he convinces Sally to sit with him. Well, she's... Madly, madly in love. But come yeah. on, it's her first Halloween. She oh, didn't it's the know. First time she can be allowed legally <laughs> to yes, go trick or treating. She had to ask, "How do you do this?" <laughs> that okay. was cute. It's adorable. To unfo- uh, I get a spoiler alert: the great pumpkin doesn't show up. Linus doesn't give up. He holds true to his his beliefs about the great pumpkin. So. We're going to go back to the beginning and talk about some few things that happened in this episode, like Charlie Brown. Uh, okay, first off, all of their costumes were the same except for masks. Don't understand why a witch has a ghost body, which was Lucy's costume. Because it's easy to draw. Probably. <laughs> um, she did make co- comment at the fact that, you know, it's customary to wear a costume that is not your personality the opposite of your personality and of course she puts on a witch mask which everybody you know she is kind of a witch it's a good gag gag got it um charlie brown doesn't know how to use a pair of scissors (laughs) um pig pen feels that his costume is the best that nobody will recognize him except for the giant cloud of dirt that's following him everybody i guess i'm trying to think of the there was some kid with a coonskin cap on his head on top of uh, the ghost costume. So they all go out trick-or-treating. 
I think that's Franklin. Okay. I don't know. I haven't, Sorry, I haven't, I haven't watched Peanuts in a long time. I, I, was, I was kind of surprised I got all the names that I did. I, I was searching deep in my brain. I'm like, I think it's the black one, but I better think of his name before I say something. <laughs> well, I, if, if they're all wearing simplified costumes. I mean, the best costume was fucking Snoopy's. Yes. You know, the World War One flying ace. Yeah, going and, to take down the Red Baron. Talk about the uh, the strangeness of like that weird segue where they just kind of follow Snoopy's fever dream and to <laughs> like him. What five you, ten minutes. What do you mean? Yeah, like this what do you mean fever g- dream? That actually happened. He was attacked <laughs> by the Red Baron. There were bullet holes in the side of his doghouse. <laughs> this was a sizable portion of the episode. Yes, and it's like, all right. What's going like? What's going on here? And and then he's like behind enemy lines. In and he's France, around. He was okay. in France. <laughs> yes. Here's my question about the World War One flying ace. He got downed behind enemy lines in France. Yes. So France is the enemy. In this so fever whose dream. side? Whose side is he on? He's 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 on the wrong side. He's a German. It's bad. Oh. Remember, 1966. Oh. Right. <laughs> Where they didn't have their their uh, history right in 1966. Either that, or they were trying to say Snoopy's a Nazi. I'm just saying. Either way, either way, sort six of one, half dozen of the other. Um, once Snoopy makes it out of out from behind enemy lines in France, he ends up at a Halloween party. Now all the kids go out, go trick or treating. We could talk about the fact that. Every time Lucy stepped to a door, she got one goodie, and then every other kid got sort of a truck full dumped into their bags. And of course, I mean, Chris, you could say, go ahead. I got a rock. There it is. Charlie Brown get getting rocks. Yo, that's messed up. Isn't it though? It's kind of messed <laughs> up. But, I mean, first off, how do they know it's Charlie Brown underneath the the, the of his up ghost costume? Terrible costume. <laughs> of I mean, course that, that blockhead. It could have been any one of these kids, but. <laughs> But seriously, who gives out rocks for Halloween? Who has rocks on hand? It's like in Batman Returns when the the penguin gives that speech and then like everyone starts booing him and he holds up his umbrella and says, "Who brings cabbage and tomatoes to a speech? <laughs> who has the rocks just ready to go? Like, ah, oh, that Charlie Brown, he's gonna come to my door. I'm giving him a rock." I like think the, that just shows how un- disliked Charlie Brown one is in his in his neighborhood. All the neighbors were like, "Yeah, I gotta go go out, go to the store, get a couple bags of candy for the trick or treaters, and and go in the backyard and get some rocks so that when Charlie Brown shows up, I." have something for him in case that cb kid shows up i'm gonna show him his, his, his dog's a nazi so we can't give him any candy <laughs> that's true they probably were really upset because his family is like you know a bunch of nazi lovers <laughs> charlie brown nazi sympathizer <laughs> oh <laughs> the memes will begin um the the show starts um oh my gosh with the 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 normal plot point with every peanuts television show cartoon movie of Lucy convincing Charlie Brown to kick the football uh, but it seems in in this one he's standing firm he's like no you, you're just gonna make me look the fool I know this game you've done it to me a hundred times before I'm not falling for it this time and she goes, I got a document, a document that's signed, yo. 
I promise you I will not pull this this ball out from you. That's my favorite gag in the whole thing as well. If I have a signed document, the, what the, could the, go wrong? The, the diatribe <laughs> that goes through his head is unbelievable. I'm finally going to do it. And of course he doesn't. That's one of those jokes that's in there for the adults. I don't I don't see a kid laughing at like, well, I have a signed document, so everything will be fine. I, it, they, but they take it a step further. Not only is the joke the signed document, the joke is actually the fact that it's not notarized. <laughs> okay? It's a signed document, yes, but it's not a notarized signed document, so she could break said contract. That is so messed up. <laughs> This whole show is messed up, if you think about it. Um, well, like, like I was saying to you guys off mic, that I was looking at this 21 things that you didn't notice. And like I said, we, we've actually covered a bunch of them. Uh, the Fever Dream, that was, you know, Snoopy's, I don't know, 15-minute escapades is, you know, the red fighting the Red Baron. Um, Charlie Brown's a Nazi sympathizer. Yeah. There was like there was a scene where they're the, when they're out trick or treating and they they're getting scared by these spooky ghostly pumpkins. Like that's just weird. Like it's like acid trippy weird. That was closer to the beginning, I think. Yes, and yeah, that I, was like I think that was supposed yeah. to be the title sequence, but they didn't do a good job of like no. segmenting it away from the rest of the episode. Lucy and Linus get the pumpkin at the beginning like they they you know they, mm-hmm. they, they go um what this website that I, i'm looking at and i can't even bustle they, they flat out point that they didn't pay for that pumpkin <laughs> <laughs> they just stole the pumpkin out of someone's pumpkin patch and linus practically gets killed by rolling around said pumpkin um but what stuck out for me is when they're setting it up and she sets out all the paper and then she takes out this gigantic butcher knife, knife. <laughs> And if you look at her face as she's stabbing it, there is a look of hatred in her eyes. She hates that pumpkin. Well, she's a sociopath, so it's within character. The, the Another point that this, this website points out, you know, Linus at the very beginning is writing a letter to the great pumpkin, you know, as a child would to Santa Claus. And he, you know... Writing standard, you know, I've been a good kid type of thing. But Snoopy rolls up and he looks at uh, uh, Linus writing and you see him read the paper and then turn away laughing. So Snoopy can read. The dog, the dog can read. And fly a plane, apparently. Well, he's just riding on the top. Let's not go crazy. Hey, you said it was real. (laughs) Snoopy's amazing. Um, and that little aerial trick that he did because Lucy wouldn't help Linus mail the letter. Where oh, with the blanket. Where there he whips the mailbox with the blanket. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I, I mean, that was mad skills there. And pretty realistic. I mean, not that the physics of that would actually work, but that a kid would think, yeah, I could, I'm just going to use my blanket I, to open the mailbox. I could pull this off. Yeah, absolutely. As they're out in the, the pumpkin patch, Linus and and and... Oh, I keep forgetting the little girl's name. Sally. Sally. There's this little, like, he thinks, I guess it's when, when Snoopy's coming back from France. He ends up in the pumpkin patch and he starts rising up out of the the the, <laughs> the patch. <laughs> and Linus passes out. And that's when, when Sally f- comes full circle and realizes that she's been following an idiot. But the conversation that they have 
before that when Sally is like, I don't, I don't believe you. I think this is this is nuts and, and that you're a crazy person. Linus actually says, you don't believe me? You don't believe the story of the Great Pumpkin? I thought little girls always believed everything that they were told. <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> That's a little oh, rough. Oh, boy. Okay. It was a different time. <laughs> sure was. So, Not necessarily a better time, just a different one. Uh, when uh, at the party, the... I don't know, the, the kissing scene, I guess we can call it, or the apple sharing scene. Oh, yes. That's a classic in my holes. Oh, my lips touch dog lips. Get the antiseptic. <laughs> and I guess everything wraps up with the fact that Great Pumpkin didn't show up and Lucy goes out to save her, her little brother. But when we see the little brother... He is literally sitting with his tiny little blanket covering him, shivering as if he's been out there for for months in the bitter, bitter cold of winter. And she just rolls up, picks him up, and takes him home. Like, everything's going to be all right. Note, like you said before, Chris, not a parent to be found anywhere. The only thing the parents did in this episode or this show or this movie was, like, poison them with humongous amounts of candy. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the one part actually the the, the credit sequence kind of struck kind of funny with me where uh charlie brown was kind of like made mention that he didn't believe in it either and then um uh, and linus loses his shit <laughs> he just starts going off on him and, and it was funny because we just me and karen just watched an episode of parks and rec where it was like the end of the world and there was this whole cult that like did this whole bit from time to time where they'd show up in the park and say, well, the world's going to end, so we're going to have a little party. And the world didn't end, and he was just like, ah, oh, i got to restudy my notes, and, uh, you know, oh, it's the end of the world's going to be this time. And it just reminded me of that. Like <laughs> He's just like, well, he'll show up next year, and he's just going to keep doing that over and over again. Like He's got absolute faith that this is going to happen. He's in the Great Pumpkin cult. Yes, he is. He, he really he has, is the leader of it. He and, drank the pumpkin latte. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's Lin- the original basic bitch. There you go. That what what I what kills me about this, I think, is that you know you've made a lot of parallels to the Great Pumpkin and Santa, and basically this whole thing is just like a, it just is a satirical observation about the tradition of santa and how it's exactly the same thing pumpkin and the great pumpkin and santa are the same thing but for some reason all the other kids think the great pumpkin is stupid but you know you i haven't seen the peanuts christmas special in a while i'm sure they're not saying santa is stupid oh no oh no and it's also kind of funny that um uh, what's it in this episode? Doesn't uh, doesn't Linus actually call people out on the whole Santa thing? He, he like, calls, oh, is he no calls more, is Charlie Brown up. Charlie Brown looks at him and he goes, "When are you going to stop believing in the Great Pumpkin?" And Linus looks at him square in the face. He goes, "When you stop believing in the fat red suit wearing dude, like straight out calls him out on it." Right, All and it. I I just think that's one of those like winky little moments in it where it's like, "Hey, adults watching, you know, remember when this was." How you felt. <laughs> right, 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 right. Well, all in all, I mean, it's still a classic. It it's, it hasn't, like, in my mind, it hasn't changed at all. It, it holds up now as well as it did back then. Now I just have a different perspective to look at it, find all those little bits and pieces that I didn't notice before. 
I, you know, like I said, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the hell out of it. It, it made me feel nostalgic again. It is, a, it is one of those weird experiences watching something like this for the first time as a parent. Um, and I try not to act too much on this stuff because we watched this stuff when we were kids. I'm not going to try to shield my kids so much from it. But, you know, I'm watching the whole bit with Snoopy and he's like, he's in a plane. He's pretending to fire guns at other planes and kill people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what's going on there. Right. And, uh, like, man, do I really want my kid watching that? And then I'm like, no, you're an idiot. You watched this stuff when you were a kid. You know the difference between right and wrong and what's real and what isn't. But it's it's still, it's if you look at it, you know, in more modern television, they don't do that kind of stuff. You, you can't even really pretend to kill somebody. No, no. And that, I, f- I you know, in my opinion, is, is a detriment. That means that we're not letting children learn what, the difference between right and wrong is we're only showing them right, 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 right. You know, eventually, you know, it's like there aren't, you don't, there are no guns. Do you see no gun? He makes that handy motion, that hand motion. Yeah, there's some bullets fly and whatnot, but it's still a fucking dog riding on a doghouse in, like you said, a fever dream, which <laughs> is what it is. We, a little weird in its own right. <laughs> But yeah, it was it, it, a couple of little things like that kind of popped up into my head. It's it's always strange watching watching stuff like this as a parent mm-hmm. now because I, I mean, especially I am so into cartoons. I, I love cartoons, and so I'm watching all this great stuff that I used to love as a kid, and and I keep looking at it through parent goggles now, and it's it's such a strange experience because I have these natural inclinations. Like like Looney Tunes is another great example of that. As I, I look at stuff like Looney Tunes and the amount of gunplay just like flat out shooting people in the face with shotguns is like it's like wow this is really violent and it's hysterical yes and it didn't warp me i mean as wow. a kid i don't go out hey, i don't go about blowing people's heads off with shotguns because you know I'm it's warped. not gonna work <laughs> exactly it's just gonna blow your bill around to the other side of your head exactly they're gonna grab the beak put it back in place call me despicable and walk away maybe drop an anvil on my head and i don't want an anvil on my head so nah it's just that was probably the the big takeaway for me was, was watching this uh through parent goggles and thinking boy uh tv sure has changed i agree but my what the the way that struck me was that the I found this to be pretty slow and pretty dry and a lot different from the things kids watch today. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how this would be received by a kid who's used to, like, the really bright, crisp animation that is just everywhere now on every kid's show and every YouTube and every everything. It This just, I mean, there's a ton of jokes about World War One, And right. that's, that's gonna combine with the pace of this and the way it looks i think it that i mean i know our kid couldn't sit still for 10 minutes of this but he's two and he's hyperactive and whatever he doesn't sit still for 10 minutes of anything but even a kid who watches tv they're just gonna look at this and be like this is boring what are they doing why aren't they like i don't know dancing or singing a song or making a fart joke like (laughs) i think you know that that actually I don't even know if that's just kids today because I've never been all that into the peanuts. And, and it was because of that. Like you can look at something like how the Grinch stole Christmas. And that was something that enthralled me as a kid and still enthralls me today. But peanuts never had that same 
thing to me. They've always been very slow paced and that, that really light jazz music that plays throughout everything. It's always just kind of put me to sleep. It's always been very pleasant. Like I've always liked it, but I've never been all that enthralled by it because I've, I guess I've just never really found it all that enthralling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that was one thought that occurred to me while I was watching it. It's like, what was wrong with me that, as a kid that I liked this? Because it's, <laughs> Well, geez, go I mean, back and watch Thundercats. Jeez. The, well, those... I never watched Thundercats as a kid, but I'm saying like we can watch this as an adult and we can pick up on all the funny things and Snoopy behind enemy lines and the notarized document, all that stuff, and appreciate it as an adult. But as a kid, like... Did I really like this or did did I just like go, oh, these are the guys from the cartoons in the Sunday paper, so I should I should like this. It it's it, what was available to us when we were children was this. This is what was available yeah, to us. That's true. And as there we wasn't... grew up, the, the the cartoons progressed in a way to keep us and to acquire our children. So it it it's the line has changed. Cartoons back when we were children were not meant for family watching they were meant to just keep us quiet you know babysitter type shit babysitter television keep it on the kid will watch it and that's enough now for it to keep our attention because we've gone through this already it has to change it has to get faster uh, more story driven so on and so forth and now kids today skip that slow spot that we grew up with like yeah. we had nothing else to compare it to so we didn't it's, know it was slow or we didn't know it was pacing differently than something else. And not only that, but this was we got to see this when it was on mm-hmm. and that's it. And a kid like right now, if you put this on for them and they didn't like it, they'd be grabbing an iPad and pulling up something on YouTube faster than you could do mm-hmm. it because, you know, kids are just like that with tech technology. But very true. Uh, you know, th- this was an event for us. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know... Well, you can see... It's, now nothing's an event. <laughs> it's 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 being broad... It's not being broadcast on Nickelodeon. It's being broadcast on ABC, okay? At 8 p.m. That's that's prime time. That's, that's when adults sit down and start watching television. Right. I mean, they're putting this on, so hopefully they'll, you know, will grab the children and say, you should watch this, or I grew up watching this. If they wanted just kids to watch it, it'd be like 3 in the afternoon and explosions and shit that yeah so all in all i enjoyed seeing it again i hadn't seen it in a good long time so same here well i think that that's about uh that about wraps it up right i think i think we're good we got to television chris so good chris you know there's that that thing on the the interwebs the um, you know what i'm talking about just 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 tell us the information superhighway uh, uh, you can utilize that to get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com as well as all various flavors of social media that we inhabit you can like us on facebook find us on instagram at geekade subscribe to our youtube and twitch channels for all our latest video content and follow us on twitter at the underscore geekade you can find us individually on twitter as well i am at geekade chris that's geekade k-r-i-s uh, karen is available at Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan is available at geekade underscore Evan. 
If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. (laughs) Back to you, Evan. (laughs) Thank you so much, Chris. Well, we've wrapped it up. We appreciate everyone for tuning in and listening to us bullshit about television. We couldn't do it if it wasn't for you guys. So thank you Uh, from everyone here at this week's episode. I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I got a rock. (laughs) Happy Halloween, everyone. (laughs) Good night. Calm down. No giggling. All right. Do you know about wrestling? Did no. You, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you were waiting I, so I actually, fucking patiently. I want you to know that I was not planning that at all. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> it was just, it was a spur of the moment thing. It needed to happen. Uh, I feel better now. Go ahead. You got it out of your system? You're good? I do. Do you know about wrestling? Did you know there was a dude named Sting? Did you know that he had something to do with Halloween? Do you want to know these facts and more? Read Why I Love Wrestling, Sting. It'll tell you why you should care about a man named Sting. I'm such a great writer. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, like Sting from the police Sting? No? No, 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 no. I could not conceivably care less about wrestling. (laughs) Pumpkins a go-go. That was very disco-y. I tried to, like, imagine (laughs) disco music in my head. I was imagining the the, the techno disco stage in Mario Kart music. (laughs) I felt you, like, throwing your finger in the air like that dude. Okay. And an original short story by Al... Fuck you. A brand new episode of the Waveback podcast featuring some awesome spooky video game music and an original short story by Geekade's Alex Azar called No Lights. It's all capital... It's it's Azar. Fuck you. A brand new... (laughs) (laughs) You did it. (laughs) We did it. Go, America. (laughs) You broke me. (laughs) A brand new episode of the Waveback podcast featuring some awesome spooky video game music and an original short story. I fucking. (laughs) 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 I hate you so much. (laughs) This is never going to go seamlessly. Oh, fuck. I just, I know he would be upset (sighs) if you pronounced his name wrong on the show. All right. Don't laugh, Evan. And, oh, you fuck. <laughs> Stop it. An original short story by Geek Aid's Alex Azar called No Lights. Is that his name? Azar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. All right. 